welcome to Slayerfest 98. I'm your Scarlet Witch, Ian Carlos Crawford, and joining me is the author of The Darkhold, Adam Sass. Hi, Adam. We're here for the finale. Ian, we made it. All of my theories turned out to be true. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We're so excited here because we've got some like, oh my God, you know, these, these, these guests are so incredible. So I'm going to not waste any more time. I'm going to introduce them because it was Agatha all along. That's me, Misha Oshirovich. Hi, Misha. Hi, Misha. Such a big Hi. fan. Welcome to the Stop. show. Thanks. Welcome to, welcome to the show that I've been on. Yeah. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> um, and then we also we are joined by the grief hoodie. Hi, I'm Monica Breen. Hi, Hi Monica. Monica. I'm so excited you're on too. And then last but not least, we have Jimmy Woo's safety pin flourish. Hi, I'm Alex Cack. Alex, welcome. Oh my god, what a crew today. <sighs> Yeah, we got a we got a pretty good group. Um, we are here to discuss the WandaVision finale. Yes. Um, I'm gonna start off. I'm gonna get kind of how you all felt, like your first thoughts after watching it, because uh, I don't want to be like the negative one. I didn't love it as much, but uh, Monica, what was your first impression after you watched it? Um, <laughs> I love stories of grief, so that. By the end, when she said goodbye to her family, I was just a puddle. Then I watched it again, and I had my critiques, but my first thought was like, oh, poor Wanda. And I love that. And if something makes me cry, and especially, to be perfectly honest, I wasn't a fan of those two in the films. um, Like, that love story kind of blew me away that they pulled that off. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Uh, Misha, what did you think? I am definitely coming at this from like a technical standpoint. I'm an actor, I'm a writer, I'm viewing the show as both. I will say that everything was tied up and or set up for future stuff in a very neat package with a bow. I don't actually love that. I kind of like when things get a bit messy, but it's Disney Plus. It's going to be formulaic. So there was a catharsis. It was great that everything was tied up with a bow. Do I wish it was messier? Yes, I do. Um. Adam, I know we kind of discussed this, but um, you right. you definitely liked it more than I did, right? For sure, for sure. I mean, I'm honestly like, frankly, I'm a, I'm a blend of Monica and Misha here because like I sobbed, I was like inconsolable <laughs> the mm. first viewing, <laughs> and then like the second viewing, I was still inconsolable. Yeah, I'm, I have not yes. reached a moment yet where I've like reached a critique level. Um, but like, I do like the more I talk about it with people, the more. Basically, the more I talk about it with people, the more I realize that I was, uh, there's some, there's some stuff to critique, obviously, but I think also I do, I think personally, my like personal feeling is that like creatively, adventurously, they peaked in episode five. Um, And then a lot of that afterwards was kind of taking it into a more traditional MCU house style which no one should be surprised happened. Like, but um, yeah. it, it mm. was like after episode five, which was brimming with completely unexpected stuff left and right, not just the Evan Peters reveal, but like everything from, you know, her role in the credits over Vision while he's trying to confront her to like um, her storming out of the hex and, and, and kind of really changing the game there. I mean, it was, I, mean, I think that was when it was really, really, really at, at its, highest playing with our expectations and really mm. probably setting itself up for people to be disappointed in the finale because there wasn't like Mephisto and all these other people like <laughs> people who were saying we're gonna show up like people really were thinking like Dr. Strange and Professor X and Mephisto like 
I was like, really, we don't like, because I think with, with, with folks, I'm like, I, I thought after um, the fall, uh, like the, the pushback of um, Rise of Skywalker that we would not be super on board seeing like these powerful women's stories being like, oh, there was some like male devil person behind it all. 100%. So I, yeah, they think this was great. I actually couldn't agree with you more in that. I mean, what you just explained is kind of the, what I view as the two camps of WandaVision. There's the people that don't know the Marvel universe as well, like myself, that are really in it for the the genre bending art form of this show, which has kind of created almost a new kind of TV show. And then there's the folks that are kind of in it for the Marvel storylines. I loved that episode for exactly the reasons you're talking about, because I, like looking at it as an artist, I'm like, holy shit, this is like, this is so many things at once and it's actually being done really well. Yeah. But mm. as opposed to being like super invested in the Marvel, of it all so i will give you my my slight counterpoint i i do think the grief stuff still 100 percent worked um i so I, I i've been thinking about this with like expectations versus like what you're gonna get and i don't know i don't know that it was the fan theories because half of the fan theories i found very grating um but i felt like the show itself kept giving us reveal after reveal and like huge moment and for me it felt like the last two episodes slowed down a little bit and i was i didn't love the second to last episode as much there were beats i loved but i felt Mm -hmm. i don't love a slowed down penultimate episode um and then i felt going into this they're just like the only really reveal we got was like oh that dude was just ralph and it wasn't quicksilver at all and it was just like a red herring and i don't love red herrings i don't like I like I know that they have said uh, casting Emma Caulfield was a red herring, and I for me I'm like, well, that's cheap. Don't give me red herrings. I don't like I don't need like misdirections in a like show like this. Like it isn't a horror movie or a murder mystery. It's you know a, like I don't know that that's the stuff that bothered me because if we're gonna have these cool reveals, then like keep to them. And it also felt like the TV show we just dropped to the TV show aspect, which I don't. I don't know how they could have incorporated it into the end, but I felt like it was just dropped too quickly and easily. They literally mentioned it once in the end. Now that yeah. Wanda has canceled all her programming, we, the military, can, you know, do things. I'm like, oh. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. That's not to say, I because I that's like my critique, right? But I still, it's still enjoyable. I still think this show definitely was like one of the best series I've watched in a really long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and took a lot of risks. I mean, it's interesting because I I feel like I've I accept the fact that at the end of any Marvel story there will be like hand fighting and yeah. and you know powers and explosions and um, so I kind of feel like that's just what they do. If yeah. you make me cry in a Marvel movie, that's when it does something special. <laughs> <laughs> I I would love to say that that makes it something special, but I cry very easily. So <laughs> the way I felt about Wanda early on, and the way I feel about her now, just the writer in me, and is so impressed that they pulled it off. Yes. That I care about. I will give my life for her. I love her. Mm. I love what she wanted. I feel like. She feels like someone who lost every single person in her life cumulatively. Yeah. With the tail end being watching the love of her life be 
separated on a slab. Like it was kind of violent for me and, and just like thinking about her looking down. So I just like that they emotionally went there, which some Marvel movies generally avoid that. Yeah. I mean, this, this story definitely had more nuance, I would say than a lot of other Marvel like stuff. And I'm a big, I'm a Marvel fan, right? Like I've been reading these comics yeah. since I was a kid. Like I'm all in on all this shit, but I will say, you know, lots of times it's just like, cool, I'm enjoying these characters say sassy things to each other and then have cool fights. And that there's nothing wrong with that. But I like that this, I don't know. I mean, but prior to this, I would have said Jessica Jones and Daredevil were like my favorite shows mm-hmm. that they had done. Um, and now this is like for sure my favorite thing. Um, but I don't even think, I, I don't think those Netflix shows are something Disney would be letting Marvel do again, right? No. I mean, Jessica Jones is about rape. Yeah. Season. So, like, you just, I don't think Disney Plus goes there. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, yeah. <laughs> but, but, I mean, you could argue grief is, all, is also a complex adult, you know, emotional yeah, cycle. No, and- it's funny. It's like the Pixar <laughs> emotional. Right. I, w- I will acknowledge that. Yes, yeah. it is a very, it's a Pixar accessible emotion. Inside out dealt with it too. Kids can deal with, like, it's, I feel like sex is where they never go. Yeah. Mm. It's, de- it's definitely, it's definitely kind of a, a stark line, uh, I think between, between the two, but I'm, I'm really curious now that they have all those characters back what they're going to do with them. And if they're going to try to incorporate them into this format, I, Right. And they're opening up this new horror world and it's hard to think about like PG horror. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like they're doing blade, you know, (laughs) as, as part of it. Right. Mm. I also like, I, I kind of default back to like, there was that Jimmy Kimmel bit when infinity war came out where he was like, children love, uh, superhero movies, but I don't know how they feel about watching or intergalactic genocide. It's not very fun to see Spider-Man die. That's (laughs) my goodness. Yeah, I mean, that was pretty, I think that as a concept, the idea of mass death extinction and, you know, genocide is like, it's pretty heavy for any movie going audience to deal with. So maybe we'll get there, kind of. Well, maybe. I mean, it, I went with um, my youngest son who, like, lost his mind at the end of that movie. Because it was like, my childhood is killed. Yeah. My entire childhood has been decimated. And then I said, there, there are more movies being slated, so they're not dead. They're not all dead. They can't be dead. It's, it's funny. I saw that with my... I actually saw Infinity War with my mother, who was in her 70s, uh-huh. and she she didn't realize that it was like she kind of thought like oh i don't like that that's how it ends that's it that's the end of these movies yes. like, oh, there's more but like you know the i'm sure they'll come back but also she was like are you okay you cried a lot when spider-man disappeared <laughs> <laughs> like i'm telling you like it's I, we, my husband and i are going through the mcu again because he, he really has only seen like a few of them here and there and Getting to Infinity War after seeing the bulk of WandaVision and having gone through the last year the way we have. Right. It was so traumatizing again. Like it was like it was it was really I was texting Ian. I was I was telling you, I was I was like, this is highly upsetting. And I don't know why I'm like seeing this for the fourth time being more upset than I ever have been um at this ending. Yeah, yeah it's it's wild. I had to 
I think I, I had told you too, Adam, I, I wrote an article, like an explainer on like, um, for new now next, I wrote like, Oh, this is like what happened leading up to WandaVision. And I actually did rewatch the end of infinity war to remind myself like the order of events. And I was like, Holy shit, going back to this, like that was upsetting watching in theaters, but going back to it now with like watching, I think at that point I'd watched half of WandaVision. I was like, oh, I was like a crying mess watching her yeah. have to kill yeah. Vision, and then Thanos come in and bring him back to life just to kill him again. Oh, like, no. yeah, I mean, I think that's. I mean, I think talking about this in sort of this Pixar way, I feel like I feel like to to Marvel's credit, there there is sort of a slightly more aged up Pixar mentality to a lot of these themes because um, watching these movies back to back again, it's really like like some of them talk about. Um, very important timely stuff in yeah. this sort of ice cream surrounded way like watching the winter soldier again with knowing that it came out like in 2014 before right? it was like pretty in vogue to be like the evil people the nazis are in the government like that was the like, <laughs> that was a wild idea in 2014 and now i'm just watching it being like how do they know <laughs> yeah well the thing is they didn't know they just showed you what would happen if we expected the worst of the government and po- politics right. it's you know, <laughs> yeah but now I think, we like, can like, these different ways of taking like a, a big pop thing and being like hey here maybe it's like too much to like on its face deal with this issue directly uh-huh. one, but if you kind of process it through this way which was, it's a very Buffy thing. It's a very, you know, like just a, hey, we're going to like talk about this really issue that like maybe it's going to help us digest this a little better and a little more and metabolize this into our brains a little bit better to couch it in all of this fantasy. But I mean, that's, that's what comics have always been. Comics have always been, even when, you know, back in like the, all these original, like the Supermans and the Spider-Mans, they've always been like vigilante justice, very accessible ways, often queer avatar ways to talk about pop culture and big world issues. I mean, I think, I think that's kind of like the classic, I was kind of going to say the same thing. It's like, it's the thing that the Marvel Cinematic Universe has done well and better than its competitors or like the past iterations is that it it managed to actually hold true to, I think, what the core of what Stan Lee was kind of doing uh, at at that time, you know, 50, 60 years ago, which was trying to tell both very human stories and very societal stories through this really over-the-top fantasy realm. And they, they... they don't, I don't think they, they, they're not as ambitious as I think he was at his peak, right? Like, I think mm-hmm. they're not throwing the same type of, like, really controversial punches that he did in comic books sometimes oh. in the 60s. But they're still doing something very real. And WandaVision is maybe the most personal version of that. But I think a lot of the movies have some some note, whether it's something that's, that's kind of big and kind of political mm-hmm. or worldly or something that's very intimate. There's something in there that's far more than just, like, Muscles and explosions. Oh, 100%. And I think they, like Pixar movies, work on two levels. Because I think the experience of watching something like WandaVision is... I don't know that little kids were having the same fun watching it or same emotional impact watching it. But it could still be fun. It's just, you know, it's like up to me. I don't... That beginning of that movie killed me. It ruined the movie going experience because I was still sobbing an hour later. 
Monica. <laughs> <laughs> I I listen. I feel you, Monica. I I have a lot of feelings, so I'm one. I'm one of those people that's always like crying at fucking everything. So, um, but so I feel like we should get into the episode itself. It and right. this one picks up right where the previous one left off. You know, Agatha's there with the kids on the like magic leashes or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I I will say I really. Towards the end, I got a little bit like, all right, they're just blasting powers. But like at the start, I did really like, I like this shit. And I like yes. the kids get released. And I love when she's like, go to your room. Uh-huh. And then th- throws a fucking car at Agatha. That's like a very good visual. I really liked that. Mm-hmm. So you get those like Wicked Witch of the East shoe moment. Yeah. I loved it. <laughs> I, I also... I will say I wasn't quite clear on what Agatha's like. So she wanted to steal her magic, but like I, I didn't know like how it's like. Is it just like every time Wanda uses it, she was stealing it? Like I didn't quite. I think anytime it seemed to me that anytime Wanda expelled it outwards, like tried to aim her magic, her chaos magic at something or someone, if Agatha was around, Agatha could absorb it and therefore steal it. Right. Okay. That makes sense. Like so, sometimes it blasted her. Sometimes, she, like basically, like she had to catch it. Like, so yeah, she had to it catch her, it. Sometimes she like was able to catch it. And I also will say, if me becoming a witch would mean that my eyebrows immediately became darker and more defined when my costume <laughs> got put on, I, I would absolutely <laughs> become a witch. <laughs> she like. Like full Michelle Visage, like like yes. could never like just the, the drag mother, like oh, <laughs> I her. it truly it made me so happy. I I would I I I would be remiss if I didn't say that it was one of my favorite parts of the episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so then, White Zombie Vision shows up. We see him in the reflection. Um, I this scene, I legit gas when he like touched her face. I got yeah. worried. And then he does try to like freaking smush her skull. Yeah, he um, tried to blade runner her a bit. Yeah, and I was like, just crack at the beginning yeah. before you realize what was happening. That was so good. Yeah, it was like a, her face like did a very upsetting thing. Like it looked like it didn't look like oh no, she's just being like it. Like her face kind of contorted a bit. Like it was right. like, yeah. really like oh, her eyes look like they could almost pop out. Right. Yes. Right, right. Yes. Uh, yeah, that like definitely had me like, I was like, oh no. Um, <laughs> and, and then my man vision came in and saved her, uh, which I, I vision I, again. I mean, I, you said this, Monica, like I, I liked those characters, but I didn't really like care much, but this show has made me care so much for the two of them. It is ridiculous because I was like, oh, he's such a good guy. He's coming in this like robot <laughs> husband. I love him. Um, so good. So good. Right. And like, even though he just found out, you know, like, I guess technically in that would have been like, you know, maybe 20 minutes ago, he found out about everything. Right. Um, And he's like, you know what I mean? And he's still like, no, 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 don't touch Wanda. You know, this robot version of me is going to get its ass kicked. And like, they have their Superman type fight. Yes. CG Palooza, like, really, I mean, I think they weren't kidding when they said there was like just an absolute wall to wall ton of CG in this episode. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Yes. So much CG. I think the effects worked, though. I mean, it was, I mean, it was good. It was like just very ambitious. I mean, you're having these sort of like kind of roving. It. It. Did, I think, Ian, you were saying at some point. I mean, I'm, I don't want to skip ahead too much, but it did feel 
a titch video game, which I said, yeah. I love that it felt like a video game. <laughs> <laughs> this was definitely like a Agatha White Vision both had like a, a, a health bar. You could tell it was like yeah. appearing at the top of the screen. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then, you know, Agatha pops back in to like crack some jokes. She's like, oh, your ex and your boyfriend at the same party. <laughs> I I just think Catherine Hahn had so much fun in this role. And oh, yeah. She was running a drag bingo night with those puns. But like, honestly, that, le- that level of high intensity comedy is knowing this style. It's the actors that take themselves too seriously that never survive in the Marvel yes. Universe TV so shows boring. or film. The villains yeah. yes. are having some fun with it. Right. Well, and I think that, like, realistically, I, I can't think of another villain that we got in the Marvel Universe that was this much fun, aside from Loki. And, like, mm-hmm. I don't... And I think that's, like, a thing that's missing, right? Like, a lot... Like, Thanos, all right. I mean, he's just, like, an all-powerful dude on a mission. to watch. Yeah. You know, like... Killmonger right. was fun, but, but mean. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. I mean, but, this goes back to even like a Shakespearean principle. Like what they always tell actors, especially when you're doing Shakespeare, if you're going to play Yago, if you're going to uh, play a, a villain, the yes. villain never thinks they're a villain. The villain thinks they're the most interesting, good person in the room. The victim in the story. The right. Yes. Sister. Mm-hmm. You know, not, I know we bring it back to uh, Buffy a lot, but I will say that Claire Kramer, who played Glory, who was like one of my favorite Buffy villains, she kind of said the same thing about glory when we interviewed her on the podcast like she was like i mean glory just wanted to get home everyone was just in her way and annoyed Mm -hmm. her but like she just wanted to get home (laughs) she was like you know a hell god who wanted to get back to her dimension and i like that even claire as an actor felt that way about glory and like glory definitely felt her like that way about herself and i i do think you're right that those are the best kind of villains right like yeah I mean, honestly, like, Agatha owes a ton to Glory. Like, I mean, a lot, it, it, was, it had a similar vibe, like, especially even yeah. with, like, the hitting her with the car, hitting with the truck. Like, there, I mean, just these, yeah. just that really, and then kind of getting up and, like, dusting herself off and saying a quip again. Like, this, this is, <laughs> it was a ton of fun to watch. And, um, and yeah, I mean, normally Marvel villains are, like, either these kind of, like, big showboats or they're, like, dusty old man in a suit wants to control everybody. Um, which mm-hmm. we got both of in, in one of it. Right? <laughs> <You did. laughs> so yeah. I want to talk about the Pietro stuff. So then we cut to uh, Monica being stuck in Pietro's mm-hmm. room. Yeah. I This was one of my big letdowns yes. for the finale Duh. is that we, we spent so much time with Monica, Wu and Darcy, and we spent especially Monica developing her character and her powers. This felt like, eh, Right, like it felt like mediocre. Yeah, but I I also I always feel for the creators in the weird way because you know, (laughs) and so part of me is like, but Wanda and Vision are the two they took. They were such side characters until they became this enormous love story. So part of me is like, well, they have a track record of introducing kind of not in the strongest way, but then building a character. So I'm willing to give the benefit of the doubt. That's fair. I think Monica and actually probably Wiccan are going to have their like day in court um, very, very soon in some of these movies. So I think they did set them all up kind of very well. 
but in general, like, yeah, seeing like we're seeing Monica in episode seven, like, f- like fucking walk her way through this barrier and, be- and like yes. having that huge mm-hmm. moment and then just like mar- maroon her in this house. And, you know, like that, that was definitely like, oh God, I wish we could have spent 10 more minutes on the runtime and <laughs> yeah. had a little bit more for her going on. Yeah. For both. Yeah. Well, I, I will also say about the pH of it all. Like, so my roommate actually does know the Marvel universe really well. And, you know, he was explaining the Scarlet Witch lore to me and all of that. But when Evan Peters showed up as Pietro, my roommate got very excited early on in the season. You know, like, oh, this is definitely Marvel opening up a multiverse theory. This is going to bring a whole new world. Because, you know, with Evan Peters having appeared in the X-Men films. Right, right. Um, and I'm, from what I understand, the way that they handled Pietro at the end with this reveal and, you know, with Agatha having been controlling him, does that not completely debunk the whole multiverse theory? It does. Yes. I mean, he's just the guy. Yeah. Right. Well, it was... It was like a very, it had very big Iron Man 3 vibes, right? Yes. Right, yes, where, yes. Where it was just this red herring and then a headshot. But I think the, the problem is, like, we already know they are doing a multiverse. Like, Disney and Marvel have confirmed that. Like, and that they, before WandaVision debuted, they said WandaVision was tying directly into that. And there's, like, three projects that are centered on this multiverse. And it's WandaVision... And then the Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, mm. and then the new Spider-Man movie, right? And they like st- there's been all these rumors or maybe confirmations about uh, actors from the old Spider-Man movies coming back to to this one, right. blah 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 blah. It's, it's something that they did with like with um, uh, Mysterio, and then with this, which is they seem to be like way too cautiously entering it. Like they're clearly going to do the multiverse, but they keep cluing us into yes the multiverse is coming but they keep like pulling back and not doing it like they were like mysterio was like i'm from a different universe code but then he was a fraud and then this is like oh it's like oh my god they're they're pulling him from another thing but like oh but not really like they seem to not be willing to like really 100 percent do it until they're doing it right just a tease well you know, and that brings me, Monica, I'm going to ask you a question because you've written for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh-huh. Um, is a lot of that, because Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I think, did that sometimes, right? Where it'd be like, ooh, maybe like they had um, Ruth Nega and they were like, oh, she might be a telepath. And then it was like, oh, no, she's not. Right. Like, I, a lot of that is kind of like Marvel's control, right? Yes. Like they don't, want, they don't want the people to go there yeah. yet, right? Yes. So it's like they have a comic book universe and they're trying to allocate well, we're saving this character for this five years down the line. So, yeah. So you're sort of, you're sort of um, adjusting as you go along, which is every TV show. I mean, it's not right. just limited to the Marvel universe. You're sort of uh, playing with the hand you're dealt and then you get new cards. And my metaphor <laughs> is just weak there, but. You know. I think like definitely there seems to be something where they're, they're building everything very carefully. Um, and it, what I like is that as slow and sometimes like way too slow as it could be, I feel like these movies are sort of built with a little more longevity maybe than something that's really directly immediately responding to fan theorydom. Yeah. Um, where like they're not making these shows to, 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 to keep up with the 
very fast brains of mega fans who are like, yes, that's the multiverse and they're going to go here and Mephisto's behind right. it. And this has been a, like, they're doing this very one stone at a time. Right. Way. And I think they're hmm. trying to come up with an organic story that ties everything together in a way that like, I do wonder if they ignore fan theories just to not have those voices in their head. I always wonder about that. I think that um, feels correct. Cause like, I think like <clears throat> that can lead, cause that again, that's, that's a, it's a, it can be short-sighted because then it's like, well, then you don't have something like WandaVision, which um, really captured a lot of people who were only partially into the MCU or yes. were into the MCU and then fell off. I know a lot of people who, when like the show began, were like, I'm really burned out on MCU. I can't do it. Can't go there. And then six weeks later, they were like, oh, I'm binging everything. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's a revitalization of the genre. I mean, that's, I, I think that, I think that's, that's super necessary. I genuinely wonder though, like with what I can, I, again, I've been saying this to like friends outside of interviews and shit, like the genius of like a genre bending show like WandaVision, I genuinely wonder how much thought went into recapturing audiences as opposed to it's just a happy accident. I always wonder yeah. that with a good TV show like this. I think so too, because the thing is everyone's trying to make a hit show and some of people go by weird numbers or projections of what's popular and not. And then there are other people who have a story to tell and then people find that story. Like mm-hmm. Breaking Bad broke a lot of rules and people loved it. Mm-hmm. And I think WandaVision is also taking that creative gambit, which is so nice to see. Much agreed. I I think that's kind of baked into the history of the MCU, uh, mm-hmm. like as a almost like as a foundational part of the business, though. Like it is as formulaic. It, you know, we're like 13 years into this thing at this point, yeah. and so like as much as it seems like it's very protected and very structured and very, uh, very you know a formula they follow. Uh, I think we, we kind of forget how incredibly risky some things were at the time. Like, I mean, black Panther was a risk. Right. Yeah. And they were hopeful, but just visually it was a risk for everyone and mm-hmm. wonderful because sometimes I think what they're learning is you have creatives who know how to tell the visual medium or the television medium but still use the Marvel sort of playground, but tell a story. Because WandaVision is very much a TV show about TV shows, which Mm -hmm. is fascinating. Mm. So it has a structure that's not like anything else in the MCU because it's about TV itself. Yeah, I wonder what it's going to feel like watching Winter Soldier that's probably not going to be super in, in, in conversation with the medium of TV. Like, really just being like, oh, this is going to be a movie that we're going to, like, break it apart into six pieces. Like, I wonder if it's going to be that. I, I think they, I mean, I think they said that, though. I mm. think they, like, they kind of specifically said that they they sh- they wrote, shot, and filmed it as a film. Like, as a feature film. Yeah. And just, like, cut it into an episodic thing. Yeah. I, and they're, do- they're doing that with a lot of, the, again, that slate of 80 TV shows. Like, they, they put forth WandaVision as an example of the new kind of limited series that they, as Disney Plus, are hoping to almost coin if you will, like the, uh, a way for audiences to binge, enjoy, get excited about, then move on. Right. It's to, to me, it's so interesting. Cause I think the whole, the whole like MCU experiment is such a like modernized, like updated version of like old school serial movies. Yeah. And th- this is like just reinventing that format 
a second time, you know? And yeah. I, I love this idea that they took something from like, you know, 60, 70 years ago, blew the dust off it, said, we can do this again. Pretty much at a time when everyone thought that movie theaters were going extinct, yeah. they succeeded at it. And then they have moved into this new thing. And they're like, we're going to just do a new version of this again for your home living room. Mm. To me, that's just really a kind of an interesting, like it's a creative endeavor and a, like a type of art almost unto itself, yeah. just the way it's formatted. Yeah. I, I mean, I love a limited series. Like this is, this is something where I'm so, I was so happy knowing that there's, there's really not going to be a WandaVision season two. Like there, we're not going to have to be all put through like a second season that's right. trying to recapture the thing and maybe leading to hard into the wrong thing. Like, I just, I feel like this is just so great that it's a one and done and then we'll see these characters live in other ways. But, um, you know, I love that they're one-offs. Great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I do think it benefited from that because we knew that even though there were a few things like, you know, like Monica and the kids and stuff, but like for this show, this was the end. Um, and like you said, Adam, of course, these characters will pop up again for other things. But I kind of think it's almost like it's very comic booky to me that like I I mean, I said this before about Darcy, like I like the idea of Darcy being like kind of the go to scientist in the MCU that's like a human ally to these superhero super powered folks. Um and like she helps in the way she can and I like her being able to breeze in and out of things. Um and you know, having it be like, oh yeah, Darcy's in this limited run comic book. That um that's what that feels like to me. Um and yeah. I I like that kind of shit. Like even with Jimmy Woo too. Like I mean none yeah. of us were expecting like like the fave from Ant Man two to like show <laughs> right. up in this show. Like I mean it was just it was nice. It was fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is kind of fun. I mean, he and he del- delivered though. Oh my he god, stole the spotlight <laughs> so much. Yes, this is, he understood. This is he understood the style. He understood yes. it and the comedy. Yes. yes, yeah, yeah. All of them really did, and I think all of them, like you know, Monica was more like the quote unquote straight the the straight player there in that trio, and Darcy was like the helpful scientist who's going to do exposition and Jimmy Woo is like the nice supportive guy that's yes. there to help. That trio um, was like, like the people's couch. Like they were like this Greek chorus. Yes, yes. Yes. Brilliant that they yes. funny people that. taking the piss out of stuff when it got too heavy. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's the kind of shit I love in genre. I mean, I, they, I think maybe that's a reason I was just a little disappointed in this finale because the three of them became my favorites. Yeah. Um, and then they kind of didn't do much here. But again, Monica, you are right. It's like, it was Wanda and Vision's show, not... No, I, uh, I just have hope that they're setting something up. Yeah. I mean, to that end, like, we we know we know when we're seeing Monica again. And, like, we're seeing Monica again before we're seeing Wanda again. You know, like, we're, we're seeing Monica, it sounds like, a couple of times before we're going to see probably a lot of the rest of these characters so yeah i i think in a very real way they were like she's gonna get a lot of story and a lot of screen time very soon so you know let's and here's the thing i do think there was a little bit of a letdown with that character i mean i i thought her big heroic moment was undercut um and i was you know i wished it had been a little bigger but at the same time i was weeping by the end so 
<laughs> it always comes down to that for me. I'm like, I was sobbing with the end, so. Yeah, I so it like, must be good. Yes. Yeah, Monica kept getting, like, Susan Lucci a little bit, because every time she had a great moment, it was someone <laughs> else's much bigger moment. Like, her big, giant yeah. moment in any other episode would have been the thing we were all talking about, but it happened in the Agatha All Along episode. So, like, that's yep. all anybody was talking about, yes. and then this being the finale, you know, like, so I feel like that there was a, there was a real fighting for like conversation domination um but i mean that's where we got those not one but two post-credit scenes that everybody you know was dying over i or you know end of episode and then post-credits yeah it felt like they were winking a little bit with monica's mid-credit sequence because um i don't know because i feel like isn't the next time we're seeing her gonna be like in captain marvel too so they were it was a little like oh monica people want to see you in the movie theater and i was like we sure do yeah oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah (laughs) which one comes out first secret invasion or captain marvel 2 i think i think she's in both of them she'll probably be in but i you know it possibly possibly secret invasion that's the thing i think these tv shows kept getting bumped around but i don't even think they're filming secret invasion yeah Yeah, i don't sort of screwed up i think schedule wise because of you know Regardless, she's going to meet uh, Hulkling in Secret Invasion, and then she's going to be like, mm-hmm, and she's going to like <laughs> connect them with, with, with Wiccan later. I feel like she'll, yeah, she'll end up setting them up years in the future. Be, so in the, in the comics, Jessica Jones is kind of the one that's there that like helps the young Avengers. She's kind of like the like adult ally there to like help these super-powered kids. Oh. Um, and I kind of, while I love Jessica Jones... I wouldn't be mad if Monica ended up being the one put in that place that like helps these super powered kids since she's the one that like she's the first superhero that like met Wiccan and Hulk Wiccan and uh Speed. Yeah. I I kind of would like her in that role because she already has a bond with these kids, you know? I love the bond she had with those kids. Yeah. Even just in like I mean, not not only just like kind of delivering them, but in in that in the sequence with um with the military, but we're skipping ahead a little bit. But yeah, that, because like I, that was probably one of my favorite sequences was 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 them all taking on the sword folks. But you're right, Adam. We are we are skipping ahead. So we go back to Wanda and Agnes. Wu does the whole, "Am I bluffing?" Because my friends at Quantico are coming, and then we learn he is bluffing. <laughs> but he does call them, which I do like that he like reversed his bluff because it's yes. like, oh, but he did get a chance to call them. Um, then we cut to Agatha and uh, Wanda in the town square um which tom lank mentioned that that's just the paramount studio lot and that's all i think of when i see them in that town square yeah. that like oh that's just like the paramount lot um <laughs> yeah living but in LA so ruins you for any for movies any. yeah <laughs> correct <laughs> correct like i'm just like oh god what a cold late night this must have been to shoot this. <laughs> horrible (laughs) (laughs) so we learned that uh it is the dark hold which it was first introduced on agents of shield and was in the runaways which i do like um i don't know that they'll ever connect it to either of those shows but it's a nice little oh cool this was first shown in those shows um kind of like and so monica i said this on a previous episode and someone thought i was insulting agents of shield but i really love agents of shield because <laughs> i said that i don't think marvel acknowledges a, like any of those shows and not because they're bad but because marvel just like doesn't want to acknowledge a lot of those shows when i worked on agents of shield it was like the tv and the film people and even though it was one universe 
the film people were the film people and we were the little TV people. Um, <laughs> and so, and then now it's all one. So right. I feel like just even structurally, these, the new batch of television shows will have more continuity just because you're not following, like you're not seeing a, a late draft of the script as you're writing the TV show, hoping to intersect the two. <laughs> God, that must have been so fun for you. <laughs> well, it was really fun as uh, Winter Soldier um, when we saw the early cut. And it's like, oh, S.H.I.E.L.D.'s Nazi? All right, well, that's cool. That's cool. Let's, let's, let's revisit where we're going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like how politely you say that. We're just going to revisit. That's My all. My favorite thing about TV writing, and it's so true, it's a Project Runway challenge every friggin' day. Mm. So like, the idea that you just make something up with no parameters, no one does that. You, you're just like trying to thread this needle with whatever you know, the studio and the network and everyone wants. And you're, you put your creativity through that needle, but like every show has its weird parameters and Marvel was its own right. brand of... Monica, I'm impressed with the politeness which was <laughs> your speech. The, the political correctness of it I all. Am, I am a word... No, the Careful. first thing... Yeah, Careful. I, I, I'm just going to shut up because... Um, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was I was on the, I was catching up with an old friend yesterday who is I, I won't I won't say any details because she was she was having a panic attack on the phone thinking that I was going to be saying something to someone but um yeah like she's in one of these similar writers rooms and and was literally like I, I can't say anything I can't, I can't talk to you about it you know too many Twitter people they'll they'll see inside your brain somehow like she was literally panicking and how much yeah mm-hmm. it's so funny and then. I have the mean thing of sometimes I want to say bad things, but I try and drop clues. Like it's like, ask me some questions. Ask me some questions. <laughs> because if somebody else asks the question, yeah, I get like, oh, awful. <laughs> I, I feel like it's true to just mention it out of nowhere. So, um. <laughs> so we get um, we get the the like reveal that it's the dark hold. Um, we where are we, Monica? Oh, we go back to. Go back to Monica because Agatha just like disappears again. Right. Um, we go back to yeah. We go back to Monica. We, she gets Monica gets the reveal. Ugh. So this is like another Boring. thing where I'm like, yeah, like ugh, that mm. felt stupid. Very stu- yeah, it's stupid. It felt stupider yeah. than that character was in previous episodes. Yes, right. Like, it mm. felt like he got nerdier as the. As the series progressed, like the boner joke was beneath him, I thought. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just before also, he seemed like more like a cool, like scumbag uncle Pietro was like a dude I'm trying to hook up with. This yes! guy. Sure, 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 yes! sure. sure. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, might, that, that might be a sexual psychology thing, but I'm still here for that statement. In general. <laughs> no, this one was definitely more like your boyfriend in college's scumbag roommate poly yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 i think there was kind of some 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 real world honesty to that though right because like isn't that 
just kind of like what that person actually is in like the cold light of day <laughs> like in the bar yeah. he was he, with four drinks in in you like he was really witty and he yeah, seemed he, kind of cool he had a little edge he seems that's cool. bleak that is a bleak comparison yeah yeah that's my life in new york when i lived there <laughs> i was just gonna say time i was to like leave. it might be true but i want to escape from that <laughs> moreover though i actually found it just cinematically shot for shot unsatisfying the way that we're used to in marvel having especially superpower or super ability reveals with in this case the beads of the necklace and the glowing eyes we're used to that having like a real dramatic punch with an edit and it all just kind of happened in front of us on a lukewarm pan and nothing even really sizzled and then we moved on yeah Yeah. i mean there's no way to have made the necklace reveal. I, I felt like, so my brain kept thinking like the way I would have done this scene is like, it just felt too subdued in general. Um, like I felt like we should have, they didn't, I know that they were probably trying to save a big power reveal for her saving the kids, but like, I don't know. It still seemed like a dude. She could kick his ass, even if she's not using her energy blast. And she did. So I just felt like, all right, just like beat this guy up. Like I felt like they should have been fighting. Mo- like monica seemed too like tough to just be like all right this like nerdo twink is kept is like holding me in his room i guess i gotta sit here you know like i felt like that was the thing she walked through the barrier fought her way through yes. and this guy's like flicking her across the room yeah I i'll take an unpopular opinion here and say that i, I kind of like how bread crumbed and like her power reveal was and how subdued it was because i think that I don't know. There is something that feels kind of honest about the idea of like that first time she hits the ground a couple episodes ago and it's just, and then going through the barrier and then finally at the end of the kids, I feel like it's kind of like, you know, you're finding out you have powers and we're used to these big montages that like, you know, it's Tobey Maguire all together. Taking the glasses off. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. This is more, I feel like this is more like she totally could have taken boner uh mm. like one-on-one but like she also maybe doesn't 100 percent know that about herself yet true right or she thought he had superpowers yeah i just wish they had talked about something interesting even yeah exactly it, it was the scene it was the scene that bothered me i actually i'm i i want to almost redact um what i've kind of you know complained about the powers wise i just they've done such surprisingly good writing in wandavision so when something falls flat i'm extra disappointed misha i think that's exactly it it's like the the writing was always so tight and 100 percent that even this where it's of course not like the worst thing in the world but this is just like not at 100 so it's like stands out a little bit right more. exactly yeah i think my big disappointment in that scene is is solely just that evan peters is a throwaway character yeah because yeah. I like him so much as an actor yeah. in general. Right. It's like in everything he's in. And I'm actually really glad that they're yeah. not doing a whole multiverse thing where he is Pietro and they're like bringing the X-Men in. Because that's like very convoluted and those movies are of very mixed quality, <laughs> to put it mildly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, but he is just so good at everything he does. Like, you know what's not of mixed quality about those X-Men movies? Every scene that Evan Peters, he's right. I think it's funny because like there is a reading of this 
Fietro scene and arc where it is basically like, here's what the MCU thinks of the Fox X-Men movies. You're boner, boners. Just <laughs> some dumb, fall flat, yeah. nothing, missed opportunity, made physical. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. It could be a little just be like, all right, here's what we think of your dozen movie run, a bunch of nuts, big <laughs> fart. Yeah, like. <laughs> <laughs> so we get we go back to the town square. We get. I really thought we were going to get something because she Agatha does a little thing, and we get Emma Caulfield, uh, Dottie coming out of her like hole. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, Monica, Alex, I know you're both uh, huge Buffy fans mm-hmm. as well. Did you, did you, were you both expecting a little bit more from Emma or did you kind of like, for me, it felt like casting her had to be a choice, but then it really wasn't. It was just like, yeah, she's a good actor and she's going to play this like human in town. What I, okay, this is what I, this is super meta. Okay. But I liked her bitching about sort of being the meat puppet. Okay. Um, mm. And that idea of like, if, if you like this role, I'll do this. So like, yeah. and I enjoyed it on another level. I'll be honest. Um, but okay. it felt like it was talking to creators and writers sometimes, um, which amused me. <laughs> All right. I, 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 will, I will say that, that sh- her performance of the complaining of the meat puppet of it all was actually the only in this episode performance of the humans coming out of their trances that actually satisfied me because I don't think it served the story to have this ultimate mob of people just start begging arbitrarily, not arbitrarily, but abstractly. Whereas she, she and her writing was coming at it from a, this is really dangerous and I know there's stakes, but let me try to please you because you're scaring me. There was more, there was more development there. Maybe my kid could become friends with your kids. So yes, that, like which I exactly. thought was a kind of. I like that story, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. there's and she's like, there is like something also I think meta about that idea that she's like desperately trying to pitch an idea and like, yeah, you know, she's begging for a writing credit. <laughs> give me, give me work. Oh, you know, yes. That that hurt. That hurt. Yes. Um, no. Suddenly sorry, she's me. Sorry Jesus. to writers on the cast. <laughs> yes, please. Give me a role that isn't embarrassing. Oh my God. <laughs> um, I wasn't to, to answer your question though. I was uh, I wasn't expecting more screen time for Emma Caulfield, but it was it was like the Evan Peters thing for me, where it's like she's just such an amazing actress, and she's so she, to see her so underutilized yeah. was a bummer. Like, mm, yeah, g- give her a movie. Make her make her Emma Frost in the new X Men movie. You know, oh, like please, oh, God, like yeah. you know, she's so good. She's so good, and, and this is like not even just for Marvel. Like all of Hollywood, any film production just should hire Emma Caulfield and have her be the central star of the thing. Let's call her agent and let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, I will say the Emma Caulfield's performance I think made the most sense because it was like. Oh, she's just begging for a role. I, when everyone else kind of surrounds her, I'm like, they know she's controlling the whole town, right? Yeah. Like, what are they gonna do? Yeah, um, Emma like, maybe sense, just run. But like, Deborah Jo Rupp was more memeable with like, all of <laughs> yes. her, like just killing yeah. me. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like the just let me die. I've seen that on Twitter like maybe seven thousand times already now in various different joke formats. It's great, um, <laughs> but yeah, I think this is something where 
um, this is going kind of into an area where um, I do think that something that WandaVision is either accidentally or very much on purpose setting up, which is, I think this is the turning point where this universe stops being like, oh my God, Avengers sign, you know, have Iron Man to my birthday party to we're introducing mutants and this is how society turns into right. the X-Men society. Like it's mm. going, like, I feel like I could see a future X-Men film where right. they bring in townspeople from Westview where you see like Emma and, and Deborah Joe like on the, on like testifying before Congress, why they should pass the mutant registration <laughs> to, to be right. like, I was kept in my home and my, she wouldn't let me see my daughter. Like, I feel like this, and, and, and mm. they would be legit. Like it would be, it would create a legit stakes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I like that idea, Adam. I think that that could be a very smart way of like tying WandaVision into, you know, other things that aren't just like Wanda related. Because the show um, already sort of like started my thinking that way in like episode four, whenever whenever Hayward was talking to Monica about um, um, like, oh, I see you're always advocating for super powered individuals. Yeah. Like there was uh-huh, a tinge uh-huh. of like, oh, great, we're going there. Yeah. Yeah, but that's also yeah. the success of the show, right? Like the the fact that we are on this podcast having this conversation with relatively intelligent themes bouncing back and forth means that this show was pretty much inarguably successful. Yeah, 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 yeah definitely. Uh-huh. I mean, wasn't it like the most trending show globally? globally? World, yeah, I think like worldwide. Yeah, I think it really was. Mm-hmm. Um, but so, I Elizabeth Olsen, I have sang her praises consistently because Jesus Christ, even in this scene when she's accidentally strangling everyone, yes. her emotions are so good because uh. she's scared because she didn't want to hurt these people. And like, I, again, I think that that also like Adam, what you're saying is how it could tie into the X-Men. Like a lot of the X-Men plots were professor Xavier saving these kids, right? Yeah, right. These like kids who don't know how to use their powers and maybe something bad did happen. Maybe someone did die, but it wasn't, ever intentional it's right. like you know the powers exploded and then right. accidentally like a mom got her arm chopped off well, and so like rogue this is how like right yeah. this is like oh she mm. kind of like you know put people in comas like by touching them like it was like the, these things that are like very unanticipated like that and and yeah i mean every future x-men actor should be taking notes from from elizabeth yeah. olsen well, because j- both emotions she went through in this were a roller coaster they're brilliant. I mean, both Elizabeth Olsen and Catherine Hahn are a wonderful example on the dr- drama and comedy side of things, how the power of play pretend must be really strong as an actor in these films. You know that I, I had this thought when I was watching the Catherine Hahn fight scene in this one, the epic one at the end, like mm-hmm. that is her on a platform, on a green screen, yes. screaming at yes. nothing. Right. Um, and and with Elizabeth Olsen, that's literally just a bunch of actors doing the Walking Dead bit of falling to the ground around her while she weeps. These are yes. all this is mm-hmm. all play pretend, and so the power is really it really has to come from the actor. And I, I, I color me unholy impressed by both of these women for that reason in this series. And to yeah. like be that's exactly right. We should, like, and and to be like Catherine Hunt continuing to like because she was she started the episode at a ten and then had to escalate. To the ending, like, so that's <laughs> like having this like performance and knowing how to like amp it up and like literally her like knowing that she's on top of this roof, 
on the Paramount lot next to like a soap ad being like, it's called the book of the damned. Like she committed <laughs> to like yes. every beat of this. Like, and it felt very believable. Like if anybody else had been handed a script, like not that the script was bad, but just like, it's a lot of big goofy stuff in a row. Yeah. It's yeah, it's literally the nature of belief, belief, belief. I believe I am a superhero, therefore I am in these films. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, and you know, I, yeah, I Elizabeth Olsen, like she does a very good, like confused and upset look, and even <laughs> I, I like felt emotional for her because I kept relating it back to X Men, where it's like, oh, like she really didn't mean to like put those weird chokehold lassos around right. everyone's neck. And she is upset that it happened, right? Like she's, the way she's like panicking and whispering, like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, like was so good. Like they, a thing this show consistently did was hit those emotional beats that it wanted to hit and yeah. needed to hit with like 100% accuracy. Yeah, it was gay rights with her because she really was like, cause she would go into <laughs> these things where she convinced you that she was all of these emotions at once because she could very easily go from like scared da, 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 to haha just kidding i'm like really vibing on how powerful i am right now like later in the thing like she, how quickly she oscillated and that makes wanda such an unpredictable character and yes. more fascinating because we don't mm-hmm. know going into dr strange 2 is she going to be a villain an anti-hero the hero the lead the whatever like we don't know what tone she's going to take because we know she's sorry this happened to westview but she probably is not going to be stopping messing with reality. Right. Well, and so speaking of emotional beats, so she gets upset. She opens the hex a little bit, tells everyone to run, which we later learned no one got out of there. I mean, Emma Caulfield's character even said I had a child at home. Um, <laughs> so like, really needed to be- <laughs> She's like, uh, I can't run. I got like kids locked in the house. <laughs> yeah, how could she make it back in time? Like, yeah, I feel like I feel like yeah. If Emma Caulfield was dipped into like her Anya thing at a certain point, she would have Anya would have reacted like, well, as I just said, I need you to let my daughter out first. And like, <laughs> I've, I've already made myself clear <laughs> to repeat. Yeah. Um, just to circle back to what I said earlier, Wanda. Circling back. Circling back email. Yeah. It's like, well, no, that was definitely, I feel like, yeah, that, that, that was definitely like the vibe of like when you ask someone two questions in an email and they only respond to one and they say, have a great weekend. You're like, well, there was a second question in there. God. That but hurt so- me in my soul. <laughs> That's every email I send out for this fucking podcast. <laughs> uh, but so the she does open it a little bit, and then we immediately find out that it's making Vision and Billy and Tommy all like literally fall to pieces. Um, and this like th- this part like this is when I teared up. I was like, no oh, shit. That's when I was like, this is what's gonna have to happen at the end. Like that kind of like I, spread it up, you know, right? I, yeah. I was when it's like, oh, so you ruined this world. The family goes. That's yep. heartbreaking. Yeah. I feel, yeah, it was literally like the pitch room where someone was saying like, well, what are the stakes of this? Well, it gets pretty clear like she has to like keep holding everyone hostage or let her family disintegrate. Right. Non-existence. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and that like that part hit me just because I was like, well, now I know how this is going to end. I'm not going to be happy about it. <laughs> um, and I thought like the acting there, like, ugh. I just, poor fucking Wanda, Jesus. 
Um, but I do love that once she gets them back together, this was like one of my favorite parts. The I, the idea of like the family being like, all right, now we're all going to fight. Like we all have powers. We all know we have powers. We are good to fight. And I just, that's the shit I love. You know, oh. Vision, Vision goes yeah. off to fight the white zombie Vision. Wanda, yeah. Wanda says to the kids, boys, handle the military. Mommy Favorite will be right line. back. It's uh, the Spy Kids uh, moment. Uh, the actual Spy Kids moment. Yes. yes. <laughs> I was feeling Incredibles, but yes. Yes. I, that is a wonderful comparison as well. I acknowledge. <laughs> I'm just very glad we could come to that. Re- yeah. You're, you're both correct. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that normally doesn't happen with two queers. I'm I impressed. Was say, I was like, what is this agreement? Yeah, I was gonna say this is very strange. Amicability is that a word? I don't know. Move on. But here we go. Right. We're thinking. But up. so, yeah. but uh, I that for me, I love that shit, and I love that. I mean, she was right. The kids did have the power, and they handled literally all those guards very easily. Um, it's it's funny that like I, it's weird that the next show is gonna be all military. Yes, and I'm like, oh man, this entire Falcon and Winter Soldier, this ten year old Billy could just like handle all of them. Like, <laughs> <oof. laughs> but so we get Vision is in the library fighting the white zombie Vision, um, and Vision, a thing that I so. White zombie robot vision is like his thing is that vision and Wanda need to be like exterminated or whatever. What was like, so Hayward's plan was to build vision. Hayward never really cared that much about Wanda aside from getting like a dose of her power. I don't really know. My confusion is like, what's what was the end game here? He sends him in. Did he just want vision to kill them both? And then he would have been fine. Because basically creating white vision is illegal. Um, it's against the Sokovia Accords, it's against Vision's living will. Um, so he knew he would not be able to bring his Vision online and, like, legally get away with it unless he could frame it in a way that was like, oh, yeah, Wanda brought him back to life and then she wow. died and we got rid of her. But, like, mm, here we go, we've got a Vision, you know, it'd be we should use him. Interesting. That is, and that is very well maybe correct because I these are these thi- these thinner spider webby storylines I actually don't follow as well. But like I thought it was he could justify bringing White Vision online in order to uh, neutralize the threat of not only Wanda but this vi- this uh, Vision inside of um, the world. There were the original Vision that was created for this right. TV show. Right. I thought. I thought that he could justify having built the weapon because, look, I just saved you all, so don't you feel silly for telling me not to build it. No, he was fully going to be like, oh, she brought this one online. Like, like, because there was no proof of that. Like, yeah, I mean, mean, yours is, like, basically it. Like, it's basically that with, like, that little added, like, he was going to, like, fully pretend they didn't build this thing at all. Yeah. He, like, in that, like, thing that all villains do where they go through, like, they do like an exposition mm-hmm. of their master plan to one of the heroes. He the like, monologue. Jimmy. yeah, <laughs> yeah. I will also, I, I will say 
I thought it was incredibly and wonderfully a Hollywood meta that literally when um, when he gets like slammed by the truck, she just says, you know, have fun in prison. Straight white cis evil man. <laughs> I mean, wait, that- so wait, we did a live stream last night with other folks talking about the finale. And Adam, you said the exact same thing on our live stream. Basically, well, because that's the thing is I was like, I'm really loving this fantasy narrative of like the second we expose someone in power, they just get carted off and zip ties like it's it's super it's superhero cancel culture it's literally superpower cancel culture it really i was like as if if this wasn't real life like we wouldn't all be put through like like 10 different news cycles of why hayward was like he wouldn't even be in custody we'd just be put through like so many different news cycles before it was finally just like all right he's just gonna retire somewhere to like it's like, all right, Twitter ban him. All right. <laughs> I want to see like Falcon and Winter Soldier open up with like a like a segment of Tucker Carlson defending Hayward's <laughs> actions and why <laughs> and why it was justified. <laughs> Honestly, clocking it here and now, if there isn't a kind of fake slash faux super conservative evil news station in a future Marvel film, either TV show or film in the near future, I would be very surprised. Well, they Wait, started going there. With they already kind of did that. <laughs> yeah, in Spider-Man, like they yeah. like Alex Jonesed out J. Jonah Jameson. Which was so upsetting yeah. to see that he was like <laughs> this red-faced, like hawking his like products and being like just the shouty guy. But it, it made sense, but definitely. Yeah. Mm. And I think, Misha, I love that you just predicted something without having seen it. But yeah, that <laughs> I think that'll be really cool moving forward because like they could have J. Jo- like you, I mean, like you said, Alex. It, if we don't see Sean Hannity, but they could have J. Jonah Jameson being like the fill-in and him like shouting about like, "Oh, that poor Hayward is misunderstood," and like <laughs> that would track, right? Yeah. Well, it's funny because like, conservatives are currently trying to rewrite reality without the benefit of. Like if 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 the if 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 our world knew there was a multiverse, how much would people be able to just be like, that was the multiverse version, and that was not even like a version? No, 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 baby, you don't understand. Oh, that yeah, but honestly, that was a multiverse. If yeah, if I could blame the multiverse every time I fucked up, honestly, probably would do it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but so so yeah, so Hayward goes to shoot the kids, which is very weird, uh, and sees seems. Why? More unhinged. Um, and then Monica comes in and saves them. And I really like the moment. Again, I know I already talked about it, but you know, I like this like these queer children and like Monica being like a nice like second mom with these queer children. Yeah. And I like that she turns to uh Billy and she's like, I like your tricks. And he's like, I like yours too. Like I was like, oh, I love this. He's already <laughs> it's very wholesome. It's wholesome superhero content. I wish it didn't feel like Monica didn't need to jump in front of bullets because he handled yes. it. Like, I wish it yes. had been something else. So it wasn't mm-hmm. like, oh, you could have just stayed. Right, right. Okay, it would have been disappointment. I think I just love the idea of, like, I think of, like, me as a baby gay, because, like, we know Wiccan will be a gay superhero. I'm just like, oh, I would have loved, like, having this, like, strong woman who's a superpower to be, like, you know, like another kind of like mom or aunt to me, like that bond, that bond like makes sense to me. (laughs) Cause that's my thing with, with, um, with Billy's powers is that, um, you know, like 
Wanda is like support. You know, like I think I think Monica was the first person to be like, "Hey, your stuff is cool," because like his brother has like the really super cool visual right. power, but he's just like troubled by voices in his head. Like that, <laughs> oh that my Wanda goodness. is like either <laughs> too busy or too like under a kind of like fog of depression to like help him understand like in episode seven he's like he's like really like legit like uh there's voices in my head i don't know what's going on what's happening and she like like kind of in the sitcom moment like doesn't answer and then um and then not all parents are perfect parents that's the thing i was like wow this is gonna be a real great like uh future mom of a gay son moment where it's just where he's just like you really could have explained like 17 of these things to me at a a much earlier time and i was alone with these feelings thank you yeah um but yeah but i think and in general and that's the other thing is like she did not explain to them ever like hey you're going to disappear forever now yeah like even it's but i'll save my thoughts when we get to that scene but so (laughs) we do have uh darcy coming in she crashes the car i like the scene but i'm like i keep thinking that kat dennings must have had like a heart out because she doesn't even get out of that truck she delivers one line and is not in the show for the rest of the episode. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, felt, that felt weird to me, right? Like Kat Dennings was a main character and to only have one line and like not even interact with other characters. Yeah. And she just disappeared at the end. She had a heart yeah. out. She had an audition. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, they actually she started filming Thor. Uh, on the next lot over 10 minutes after she, <laughs> she filmed did. that. So. She or more realistically, she had another gig and she had to go sit in a hotel for two weeks. That is more the gig. I would love, because that's the thing, like, I, I think this is coming back to Ian's, like, forever point, which is um, getting Monica, Jimmy, and um, uh, Darcy back together as, like, a kind of a, kind of taking the piss out of the, the situation a little bit. I would have loved to have, because, like, Darcy's whole thing was she was like really explaining the hex and this and this and that from a like a metaphysics point of view. I would have loved to have seen the payoff of her going, "Oh, they're just like Salem witches. This is wild. This is nuts." <laughs> Watching them fly <laughs> around yeah. um, and being like, "Well, I can't really explain this. I'm sure, yeah." Like, you know what? That I would have loved that, right? Yeah, that would have been cool for her to be like, "Oh, well, that would have been- I guess all my science doesn't matter." That's the thing. Yeah, yeah, I did yeah, it in a killer <laughs> moment. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know I needed that, but now I feel no, no. like I now I feel like I've missed out on it. So I'm not sure that I love that you brought it up. <laughs> we're just that's what we're doing here with these episodes. We're just thinking. We're just ruining. We're just ruining. Take yeah, welcome to professional it ruining. It excites me for the future possibilities, though. Like the yes. idea of like darcy being in the next ant-man and like nerding out with michael douglas on science stuff sounds super cool to me yeah i would watch that that sounds infinitely watchable right (laughs) completely on the flip of that this is such a tangent i promise i'll make it quick but like i recently started reading about witchcraft from a purely like historical i'm fascinated standpoint Uh and like some of the stuff that I'm reading is very academic, but like in reading that stuff in like in tandem with watching um, WandaVision, I've just been like, wow, these writers must be having so much fun drawing from this endless well of lore that also intersects with the comic book world. I think it's fascinating. I know. It must be fun to do the research. Oh, yeah. And not have to rely on science as much. And or yeah. the faux science. I mean, that must be exhausting to write Darcy's like faux science. I, oh. I that must be 
in fear unless you're a science geek, which I'm not, but I will always research yeah, historical badass witches. Because if you're a science geek, it doesn't make sense. That's like, true. You know, the shows where the science people are like, that can't happen. And it's like, but it's going to. So can you justify it? Mm-hmm, <laughs> like, well, yeah. it's happening. And so. I don't think like it's not purely from like a all comics front, but like from an MCU front, have they really, because they've been historically like very nervous about getting into magic. This well, is like the, is this the first time where we're like, it's magic and there's not really a would do would had this line that was supposed to encompass the Marvel, which was magic is just science we don't yet understand. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Ah, yes. So that's the sort of way they get around it. It's like just because you don't get it doesn't necessarily mean there's no reason behind it. Mm-hmm. And and you, you know what, Monica? Not shitting you. In the most recent which uh, his like history book that I'm reading, they bring up the same kind of line like the people that say that magic is just science we don't understand are people that don't fully and in their heart believe in witchcraft right mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and that's like there's like a like there's a line that thor says in like what the first of his movies that's i forget if he said he says it to darcy or he says it to the older scars guard or to natalie portman or one of them where he says basically the same thing but then, like, I feel like when they get to Doctor Strange, it's just like, it's magic. There's no explanation until yeah. Swinton can astral project. <laughs> yeah. I mean, tell me, tell me Tilda Swinton can do anything, and I will probably say, yes, she can. So, yeah, of course. Yeah, and I also don't need to understand how things happen. I'm not that kind of viewer. So if you just tell me this is what happens, I'm like, all right, moving on. Like, I don't yeah, you need know, to understand the science behind it. Yeah, I, I said this in the what was it episode four when we got all the reveal of like Darcy and Woo and Monica. Like I didn't mind that Darcy had only gave us two lines and was like, they're blah, blah, blah waves. That's why this is happening. And like, we moved on. That's fine. Yeah. for me. I don't need a long, exp- like give me two lines of nonsense science. And I, I mean, as a kid, I love Star Trek. It up. It's not real. Yeah. Well, yeah. Nonsense. And that's the, that's, <laughs> like, that's the thing. I feel like this is ignoring that. Like we haven't all been digesting decades worth of media. That's just like, it just, this is how it is. It's magic. It's, it's never ending story. It's this, it's that, you know, like there's ways to kind of talk about all of that, but I, I am glad that they are kind of getting into something now where it seems like they're not really having to pin it on that. Like hopefully yeah. like this is sort of a nice bellwether that like, yeah, you can just fully say it's magic. And then, kind of folks are on board <laughs> wait a minute i'm i'm sorry are we saying that the hex isn't real <laughs> <laughs> i know i i yeah really was uh i was talking with um uh, a friend of mine and we were just like gosh i don't know if i'd be i'd be i i feel like i would I feel like i wouldn't mind a hex i feel like i wouldn't <laughs> mind being like a citizen of the hex like at this point you're living in an apocalyptic future so i think this is a strange time to evaluate any of this yeah i think i was i was just like all right well maybe a little hex let me like a hex express like just a little just a little hex yeah just a little one (laughs) we cut back to visions fight and i i have to say i really like this like silly twist of like hex vision just explaining away to white zombie vision that like Actually, this is why I'm not the real vision. Right. What is it like the what what the, I, I'm gonna ship massacre it? Yeah, ship of thesis. Yes. 
but also like the that acting. Remember, it was like I require elaboration. I, I like, like oh. that. Yeah, that was so good. <laughs> like, look what you call Bettany. I right. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think like his character assignment was like play it blank, and he still was fascinating. Oh, yeah. rightly. The robot acting was incredible. Like, <laughs> I am romantic robot, which mm-hmm. is, it's hard. It's fascinating watching everyone get really smoothed by both of these visions. It's very nice. <laughs> I know. I know. Me, me included. Watching it, I was very smoothed by both of go. them. I was like, so. mm, okay. <laughs> it's just, I think it's the con- it's the, I think it's the confident calm. Yes, like. yes. I mean, it's all it's also the unholy power that's pretty yes. hot too. But true. like, <laughs> yes, confident calm, the willingness to listen. He knows everything, but he's yes. not about to, like he's willing to listen to you. Misha, I mm. thought you were going to say the unholy uh, padding of his costume because the 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 those pe- padded pecs and shoulders did it for me. <laughs> Well, fair enough. I would like to believe they're not terribly padded, so I don't know what you're talking about. But sure. yeah, it's real. <laughs> it's all him. It's uh, all real. So, so then we get. I do like. We get confident, Wanda. Then we start like Wanda almost takes like a turn, and it's kind of like when you know she goes up to fly there. She's like gonna get Agatha, mm-hmm. and I I like this like, you know, and understandably she's been really fucking depressed through the series, so she wasn't as confident. But I like that she gets a little bit of confidence here. She goes to Agatha. She does. We get the like callback to the way she used her powers in Age of Ultron. All right. And suddenly they're at her like coven trial. And I thought that was a really good. I don't know. I everyone's doing good work here because I love <laughs> that Agatha is pretending to yes. be scared. Agatha's mm. like, no, please. And then is like, eh, fuck you. I don't care. This is fine. Like, <laughs> you thought this was a traumatic moment for me, but actually I don't care. Like I. Love that. Yes. Mm. And even even in the first time we saw the coven, like either an episode or two episodes ago, yeah. with it was Agatha all along. I think it was an episode after that, actually. Um, but yeah. the the that is Catherine Hahn's power in a nutshell. Like, please don't hurt me. I'm a scared woman. Actually, I'm a badass bitch. I'm going to eat all of you. <laughs> like it was great. <laughs> uh so then Agatha has the witches kind of attack Wanda and I kind of, I really liked this, like, image of these, like, skeletal zombie yes. witches, like, accusing one, like, being like, you're a witch. It was very, like, crucible. Yeah. But actually, the witches are accusing her, so. It just felt so great. Like, and this is where, like, entering into this part, like, through the finale, like, there was such a palpable sense of, like, specifically 80s fantasy movies, where it was just, mm. like, scary as hell. Um, and I think when you get into this, like, sort of, like, zombies and magic and this big frightening red sky, like, I just think visually, from a design standpoint, this was just absolutely flawless. So I think, I think in the end, like, for, for the quibbles, this was just such a masterpiece of, like, performances and design and this and that. Like, so I think, like, it's just, I just, I'm going to be gushing from here on to the end. Noted. Noted. Yeah. <laughs> Just so everyone knows, don't correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we get, we cut out of that. Um, we get a little bit more of like back and forth. And I love that. I mean, 
Adam, you said this, that it was a very Buffy moment. And I agree. Yes. Like her being like, oh, actually, I got the runes and I got the yes. idea from. And thanks for giving mm-hmm. me my idea. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. She literally says, thanks for the lesson. It's so good. Um, and that's the kind of shit I love. I yeah. love a hero that's like been beaten down, but then like picks up their confidence and is giving you the middle yes. finger. And, and that she learned right? something all like that she was paying attention in the plot. Mm-hmm. Like yes. she was learning about herself in that plot, so I just I love the rune moment. It, it yeah. was like so. Yeah. It's like it really was funny that like I was so distracted with everything else that it still surprised me in that moment, even though they spent like seven hundred years bringing it up in <laughs> yes. the previously on. Like yes. I was I was like, why are we doing this entire scene in the previously on, and then everything else gets like a second? But now you know. But now I know. Yeah, exactly. And I was. <laughs> they got Miguel. Like I, that was they, they completely fooled me. It was well done. <laughs> so then we get Wanda in her full Scarlet Witch outfit. She's like, "I don't need you to tell me who I am." Uh, the confidence really made me. Literally, my notes say this confident Wanda is making me feel good about myself. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> um, and so she gets like, she gets her new look. I want to know what did everyone think of her new look mm. i think we can tell what you think of her new look <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say that i had a similar reaction to Catherine hans eyebrows like i said before if being a superhero means that i get a skin tight bodysuit and become really hot sign me up <laughs> i love the um i love the peak because i think we only saw like the the, the outfit and sort of like these little f- snippets and pieces that you, and, and I know there was like a lot of lighting effects that sort of obscured some of the detail but I think like the neck piece for me was the biggest hit like this sort of um, sort of like leathery sort of cage neck piece all the way up to this like, choker it was very very 90s very good I loved it and yeah I think leaning into that kind of idea that like it, there was just a 90s vibe to it is absolutely i mean it's just kind of like reeks of that but in a very updated way and i think that's an interesting play off of the fact that it did this whole decade by decade period piece Mm -hmm. in the in the lead up through the story that you did have things uh like it was mentioned earlier it was like kind of an 80s fantasy aesthetic to the whole kind of scenery design and then yeah i mean her she looks like an extra from the craft (laughs) painted red it was so cool and it was so spooky and it was just yeah yeah it looked like um it was giving me like Jennifer Lopez in the cell oh yeah. yeah I have to be honest and this is I'm gonna hold the minority opinion I was so happy with like mom hoodie superhero I was just like yes you're wearing sneakers you're jumping you got sweats on you got depression but you're still kicking ass I love that. <laughs> there was part of me that's like, why can't she be in comfortable clothes still? I, I understand that there's a wish fulfillment, and maybe yeah. I'm too old. So, um, but I, I, you know, but I, I really did appreciate mom hoodie, casual superhero girl. Monica, I really like the idea of you being like, if this were you, you'd be like, oh no, 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 I don't need that new outfit. No, no, I'm good. I'm like, <laughs> comfort. I have my leisure wear. I got my cute hoodie on and and I just don't need the, you know, but mostly because I relate to depression Wanda and I'm like, let her wear her comfort clothes. Let her be comfortable. 
He's got some shit. I'm somebody who loves athleisure. Don't get me wrong, but like, what if I? I will say it looked rather comfortable in its own way. Like it, it didn't look like the case. I'll agree with you. It was kind of. It didn't. It didn't oversexualize her. I appreciate mm-hmm. that. Um, yeah, it, we didn't have a Wonder Woman moment, and that's what I did like about this. Yes, it makes me feel like. I'm Wanda walking around my house in my depression at leisure. Yeah, yeah. And so I was like, I was like, great. I was like, great. I'm not, I'm not in a bad place. I'm in a good place. Like, <laughs> I honestly, same though, Adam, I will say, cause I, I didn't love the costume that much, but I, again, the confident Wanda was making me feel good. So I was like, Oh, she got dressed. I should get dressed today. <laughs> and I just, I, <laughs> Maybe I just want Wanda to wallow. Um, I'm not accepting. That should be the new Disney Plus uh, little like caption when you start episode nine. It's like Wanda finally gets dressed. I know. So should you? Might shower in a day. She might actually do her hair. Yeah, the psychological impact of WandaVision. I love it. Literally, right now, I'm wearing a tank top and sweatpants, and I'm like, oh, should I have gotten dressed for recording? (laughs) Well, nobody told me this wasn't a Zoom, so I did get dressed. Misha, I have no doubt you look fantastic, though. (laughs) Well, thank you. You've got your like digitally appearing crown. Oh, thank you so much. So Wanda, Wanda, then like she like you know knocks Agatha down. I or Ag, yeah, Agatha. My notes. I'll have you all know. I go between calling her Agatha and Agnes <laughs> so much that some sometimes I typed A G A N A. Like I think because my brain was just like mix, mishing up, like mishing up, man, mashing up the two names. Um, but so. It's okay, Agatha. It's fine. (laughs) She then, like, kind of banishes her to being Agnes, which I will say I was very happy about. That was a cool moment. And I think, because Marvel Marvel also loves to, like, kill the villains, right? Like, usually it's like, the way we end the story is the villain dies. And I was very happy that Agatha is able to be around, because if they have Catherine Hahn and they can use her, she is so, like, dynamite in every scene that I love the idea of like, okay, we get like, say in Dr. Strange too, like there's some magic they need help with. They go to fucking New Jersey and they're like, Oh, we'll hit up, you know, I'll take her back out from Agnes to Agatha and she can maybe help us because she can't really go anywhere anyway. Well, Um, what's great about that. And this is what my roommate brought up as well. My roommate was really excited about the introduction of Agatha when she reveals herself because in from what my roommate told me from what I now understand about the comic book lore Agatha is who technically taught the Scarlet Witch how to control chaos magic in the comic books so I I think and especially with the like the internet popularity of of Captain Han's character I absolutely believe they'll bring her back and I think it's really smart to have kept her in this little prison because then they can hearken back to the comic book lore of Maybe, you know, Elizabeth Olsen will need some help from another more experienced witch at some point. I am. Well, that's a that's kind of what I was going to jump into is like the future for Agatha is very exciting, I think, because, yeah, in the comics, she she she's not like a straight villain. She's yeah, she's a hero. Sometimes she's a villain. Sometimes she's kind of just doing her own thing and thinks everyone's dumb. Uh, <laughs> she's also like much old, much older, though, uh, in like appearance. But she's. 
she's like more tied to the fantastic four actually than she was to wanda in the comics although she was close to wanda too and they've got Mm. this fantastic four movie coming out and i i think that would be such a neat kind of tie-in like i'd love to see katherine hahn interacting with a whole different set of characters and being kind of mischievous but maybe kind of also bailing them out when they're in over their head yeah i would love to see her have this similar like she deserves the loki treatment basically like i would love to see her Mm. continue i would love to see a multi-movie arc of them becoming friends basically yeah um i would love to see like i would love to i think it could be like really funny when they do finally age wicking up if he just like kind of he starts digging her even though like yeah like they could be like kind of working together basically and then kind of be like hey remember when you like like, dive into this magical dog (laughs) (laughs) and they're like and she's like i know it was crazy early time in my life yeah (laughs) So she, Ag- Agatha is banished to being Agnes. Um, they go home and Jesus Christ. Like, I, I don't think it was here. I think it might've been a little earlier when Vision says like, we're going to make it all right, but not for us. Yeah. And like, and yeah. her face, the way she like bites her lip and is like, no, not for us. I was just, that's for me when I started crying. Yeah. I was like, no, I, I couldn't believe we were going to have to watch Vision die again. <laughs> I could. But I mean, this just time I really that. cared, though. Right. Yes. <laughs> I mean, right. This time I, I wept like it was a death, as opposed to just being like, oh, that sucks. <laughs> and definitely I was like, I feel like I was, I feel like the show had been preparing me for Vision's death so well yeah. that I was handling that with more of a quiver lip, where I was like, full ass not okay was like the saying goodnight to the kids and knowing that that went and like seeing like again i'm not to keep bringing buffy back but like it, it was very like um the end of season five with like seeing that red sort of energy kind of coming for them and and her knowing that like she has to do this horrible thing and walk out of the room mm. um and having that just kind of moment of peace there really super broke me one of the things that really struck me with vision redying so to speak i think is how it serves it like as a two-part the, the infinity war death to this how much i felt like that actually kind of mirrored real death and grief in a way that tv and film normally doesn't because i feel like a lot of tv and and film deaths tend to they go for the big kind of emotional overture yes. which is almost kind of like the grief processing and they try to do that in the death scene I wasn't so emotionally invested in Vision when he died in Infinity War, but the death itself was, it wasn't gory in a traditional sense, but it was kind of gory. It was very shocking <laughs> yeah. to watch yeah. in the way it was done. And it was, it was, it was shocking. It was jarring. It kind of took you out of the rest of the film and what you were doing uh, for a moment. And then WandaVision is the extended period later of kind of almost emotionally investing in that death. And so I thought there was something just really unique in the way that this was written and shot between the film and the show and how much that really is like seeing someone die or getting a call that a loved one died and the way that it is more just shocking and jarring than anything else up front. And then the emotion comes later. This is the, I think the only time I've ever seen it done that way in film. Uh, ever. No, and it did this beautiful thing where they just looked at each other for the last minute just to take each other in before they die. 
which it, they yeah. didn't kiss. And I was like so moved by that. It was just, well, I'm going to hold your look until your look isn't looking back at me anymore. Mm-hmm. And it just was, it was really subtle in a, like oddly yeah. for a character who's died a few times. Um, yeah. That, <laughs> it got to me and I agree. It, it felt different from other deaths. Yeah. You know, and even, so I, so I would tear it up at them going home. And then like, when she tells the, ugh, when she tells the kids, thanks for choosing me to be your mom. Ooh, like couldn't literally, handle I, put, it, couldn't I, handle it. Yeah. I wrote that in my notes and then wrote, Oh no, in all caps. <laughs> like that just, that hurt my feelings. <laughs> it was so, so sad. And you just, yeah. I, I remember I read something on Twitter with someone saying they were upset that she didn't get punished. At the end, yeah, and I was mm-hmm. like, except the worst punishment of all. Yeah, her like entire family I mean, is gone. I was right. like, I will forgive her anything in this moment. Yeah, <laughs> someone saying that on Twitter is such a horrible indictment of where we are as like a a species and a culture. <laughs> <laughs> like that's just like the worst manifestation of like a lack of humanity <laughs> well it's just that weird thing where it's i mean wanda didn't intentionally mentally enslave a whole community Monica. <laughs> but i do well i love that at the end well that she knew she had done wrong yeah. like she accepted it she felt yeah. yeah and believe it like, well i was in grief sorry yeah she's going hmm. to be on the run, she's gonna be like. There's thing. There are ways to hold a character accountable because I, I feel like sometimes people treat this a little bit like they they do sometimes do a little like, um, like if this was like a real person and it's like well no, in the sense of the story it's like where would she have gone? Would she have been held in some sword facility? She and we all know that it's corrupt and they'll use her power now that they know that she's yes. capable of doing all this like it's not safe for her to go into some prison facility. She needs to abandon society, basically go to this cabin and, and learn about everything. Um, I mean, that's, it's not going to do anyone any good to have her locked up somewhere under some weird way to want to end it. Right. 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 Yeah. Also put her in jail. Come on now. (laughs) I think that's the, that was almost, I think one of the key themes that, got wrapped up in the other show you know we, we talked earlier about the the kind of cancel culture air air quote parallel with hayward uh and darcy like pinning him in the in the truck but this is almost like the flip side of like exactly that sentiment on twitter that like kind of bad consequence focused carceral politic type yeah. of of attitude that we see sometimes which is like punish we need to punish um and that's punishment is what accountability is uh, and this, like, I felt very much told the opposite story, which is, is a very real and very true thing, which is about the way that trauma and grief inevitably, almost inevitably, makes people hurt other yes. people. Yeah. And they often don't mean to or understand what they're doing. I think and, legit. Uh, hmm. That's a really uncomfortable story to tell. Yeah. That's a really, really, really uncomfortable story for disney financed superhero <laughs> movies to tell but but if god if i texted someone who has seen who has 
the only Marvel thing they've ever seen is Black Panther. And I texted them about that part and like that, that idea. Cause it just felt so after the last kind of couple of years, I think of like where our, I don't know, our country yeah, is and right. just all the really horrible stuff that like we've seen in our, our politics. And uh, also in like our, I think there's been a lot of soul searching that people have had to do about themselves and the people in their lives and, and, uh, and so many different ways. And yeah, I think there's a lot of people who have kind of those takes that are like, I really want to see this person get punished, like lock up Elizabeth Olsen. Let me see her. That same scene we saw in civil war of her in the straight jacket, like tied to the bench. Mm. I want to see her that for the rest of eternity. And it's, it's kind of like, no, like I want to see her rehabilitate and I want to see her find peace. Right. Yes. And I do think that idea of when you're in pain, pain operating outward is really beautifully done. And I don't think it is a hard conversation to have, but it feels so true. Yeah. I'm going to be honest that this whole conversation has made me realize that I don't necessarily believe my own point of this not being a messy ending of a show. It's very, it's, it's difficult to convince me of anything. So bravo everybody. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, well said everyone. It's, it's cause that's the thing we have been like confronting a lot of ideas of like, what does it mean to rehabilitate someone? What does it mean to make amends? That's the, yeah. the I've yeah. had this like long. There's so many pe- like you know. There are a lot of people you want to make amends, and I think that there's something so powerful in that character saying, even if they knew what I went through, it wouldn't change their opinion of me because, of course, yeah. not. They were the victims. Yes. There's no way yeah. they could. But it doesn't mean that the person, like, it just is an inch. It was very nuanced. Yes. And I think it didn't diminish the story at all to make it so complicated. Yeah. Well, you know, we kind of talked about the same point earlier, though, when, uh, when it was being said that, like, this would be a great tie-in for, for X-Men to have, like, the residents of Westview out there saying, we need to register these people and, and follow them around and snoop on them. Uh, which is like obviously that's a very harmful and prejudiced behavior like the whole point of x-men is to comment on bigotry right right? but that's just another example of like the the residents of westview are not bad people they were you know victims of of wanda uh whether accidentally or intentionally and yet the trauma that they experienced in that moment still does not make them bad people, but it is going to possibly make them do something really bad yes, to other it's, people. It's going to and to people they do not know. Yes. It's going to perpetuate this cycle of punishment where, and that's going to be, I, th- I mean, it's just, it's going to make for much richer storytelling more than anything else. I mean, that's my thing when people say these sorts of things like, Oh, it should have been this way. And it's like, if this, like, as if this was like a real life thing, it's like, well, what's the more interesting story more interesting thought-provoking understanding of things and i think wanda showed a lot of maturity knowing that the best thing she could do for those people is get out of their lives immediately exactly yeah well i think almost the counterpoint of that is that like you know you're saying like you know it's it's better storytelling but versus like what would happen in real life but like i think it's good storytelling because it it you know good storytelling i feel like is is always rooted in like parable 
like it's a reflection of real life and i think maybe like what it should and could be and and also i think you know in that really ugly way of looking at ourselves and thinking that god when my grand died maybe i shouldn't have been such a jerk to tem at work you know (laughs) yeah (laughs) i mean i the (laughs) i Yes, I, I think about that all the time because I went through a lot of like uh, like grief and loss for like a few years, and I like it killed it ate a friend passed away and it like ate up our friendship group like that that mm. group of friends that that friend mm. was like a part of like most of us aren't really friends anymore right and I think at the time it felt so shocking to me I was like how can these assholes not like they're not being my friend now. But then, like, looking back, it's like, oh, that makes sense because grief eats away at, like, everyone. Um, and I think that it's an important thing that I think everyone is right. Like, Misha, I think you are right that it was messy, but I think it was messy on purpose because of the nuance of, like, we can't tie a bow on this, but we're going to show you that Wanda, you know, re- truly didn't mean to hurt these people. And she is letting go of her entire family because she knows she has to right her wrongs. Right. But, like, it still kind of sucks, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean that's that's also the beauty of where Marvel is hopefully headed with stuff like this, which is I think part of the fatigue of thirteen years, like it was brought up at the beginning of this, of like the Marvel universe has been that at the end of the day, a lot of it is serving a very particular, rather large but very particular fan base. So yeah. the fact that they are so deeply invested in, in hiring the writers and telling the stories that can humanize these otherwise completely inhuman characters from like comic books of of lore. Like then, great. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah. And I before we, I, I now I'm bringing us back, but I just got a the line of we've said bef- goodbye before, so it stands to reason. And her saying we'll say hello again, like uh, that. That was the moment. Like I cried the most because that I thought those were like really good lines of dialogue. And <laughs> it's like it also it's very comic booky, but it still landed. Like they did a good job of delivering these lines that are good but still like it's silly to if you like think about it it's like kind of silly it's like oh they're like joking about the fact that he's dying for a third time but like Mm -hmm. he is dying for a third time and right it just felt so sometimes i think the hardest thing about writing characters like that is trying to find the human in the like completely insane scenario Um, yeah my lover died three times and now i'm saying it (laughs) goodbye again but they managed to make it feel like that she was honestly saying goodbye and the the realistic knowledge that you don't know where it's gonna pan out because you've already been through three different iterations of a life right which i thought was also kind of cool to make it very specific to their love story yes yes different versions of him being him that line just gutted me and it also made me like immediately at episode close go like listen to we'll meet again by Vera Lynn on repeat because I feel like it's basically Uh just the same thing (laughs) well so then we we move on Wanda her house her whole house disappears we're back to the plot of land that we learned that it actually was Mm -hmm. she goes back to the town square everyone is mean mugging her um Emma Caulfield looks terrific um she goes up and I do like the conversation she has with Monica where I kind of was like, is she not going to like talk to Monica, the person she threatened every time she was trying to help her. But I was glad that they had a moment together because I feel like we needed that. And I also, 
I got, I was like already crying, but then I teared up even more when Wanda, when Monica was like, I would have done the same thing for my mom. I love that. You yeah, know? that was good. That was well done. Yeah. And like Tiana Paris is such a good actor and her delivery of like, you know, she's, she's, she's commiserating with Wanda, but also trying to like make one, like alleviate some of the like guilt Wanda yes. feels. And I just, I don't know. I really liked that, like kind of like more toned down scene of them just, and no one's crying, but we know there's emotions yes. going on, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so that brings us to the end, I guess. Uh, Wanda leaves town. We get our two credit scenes of, uh, an agent tells Monica someone wants to see her in the theater, and then they're a scroll. She says, Someone up in space wants to see you. We assume it's Nick Fury. As we saw right. at the end of Spider Man, he is in space with the scrolls. Um, and then we get our final credit scene of Wanda. So I didn't quite understand until Kirsten White texts me to be like, Oh, I think, was it just like, Wanda was doing like the appearance, like her with the like coffee was like people monitoring her in case, but then her on the inside was like what she was actually doing was like researching oh, and everything. I thought she was at astral projecting and multitasking. Yeah. Yeah. I had, like, yeah I like, also, she's going to drink some tea and relax while the other part of her figures some stuff out. But yeah, um, I like, I personally like <laughs> that theory, even, I mean, I don't rightfully know which one's true, but I would imagine if, she was being monitored then she why would they go through the trouble of making it in her like this like virtual hansel and gretel witch house you know like in the middle of nowhere right right true because i got the sense she's keeping herself away from people until she figures out how to use her magic yeah Mm -hmm. i think this was definitely because this is similar because this is like paying off a line that um agatha had which was that um the the scarlet witch's power succeeds the sorcerer supremes this is something that we have seen dr strange do um he was sleeping at the time like his body was sleeping then his mind was his soul was doing all of this studying and research and whatnot and this sort of is sort of winking to Ooh, she doesn't necessarily she can still even be functioning she he needed to, his body needed to sleep to have himself like do all this other stuff and she can still go mm. make some tea and enjoy that lake um <laughs> pretty good the airbnb looks amazing she just needs a little getaway she, she's not she hasn't gotten the vaccine yet but she did need a little getaway so right <laughs> <laughs> um so okay well that brings us to the end uh, favorite scene, Monica? Um, when they were walking into the house, um, onto the porch, and their clothing changes into the regular parent clothes. Hmm. And that was a goodbye. Uh, uh, Misha? Uh, I would say uh, Ag- Agatha's return to uh, Stepford Wife realness was lovely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Alex? I am really torn on this. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, I I don't have a solid answer. I I don't want to just repeat Agatha returning to Stepford <laughs> Wivedom, but it's got to be kind of the winner, right? Yeah. <laughs> Although I love how serious. If nothing else, you're taking of, this. <laughs> I, like, I I'll, I'll overthink pretty much anything you you give me to overthink. Good to and, know. Yeah. Um. Well. Okay, so I mean, you you're allowed to have the same answer as people. I often have the same answer as other. I folks. am pretty cool. You are allowed to think like I think. 
<laughs> I, you know what? I, I I can't ever make a decision to save my life. So can you just do it for me? Absolutely. <laughs> we have two votes for Agatha. Uh, I just imagine if Ian was like, this is Slayer Fest. No one repeats themselves on this show. <laughs> it's not that kind of show where someone it's, rules it's are mentally broken. People, people do, or they'll be like, oh, well, I can't say that to someone already. But I'm like, I don't care. Say whatever you want. Um, but Adam, what was your favorite scene? God, I'm torn between um, Boys Handle the Military, which I thought was just like a super fun scene to see them and Monica kind of just swap these silly characters they don't care about away. Um, and then, but like, I think the the real winner for me has to be the runes reveal. Okay. Yeah. I, Adam, see, look now, Adam, you and I are twins. Oh Cause I, for my favorite scene, I have the family fighting together and the rune scene. They're my two Listen, favorite. We're two different emotional tones about the same point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, favorite outfit, Misha. Oh, Anytime I get to see the dark eyebrows and the full getup for Agatha and Agatha, I'm I'm just like Captain Han Santa. What's really going on here? But yes, that fair. Uh, Monica, um, her not her mom depression hoodie, but her post. My family's gone, and I'm standing in the wreckage of was once my home hoodie. Okay, like that. <laughs> <laughs> I like you differentiating between hoodies. Oh, yeah, no. Like, it's wearing my depression <laughs> pandemic hoodie. So there you go. I'm just merging sure. out with her. I'm merging. I'm just like... <laughs> uh, Alex? I'll be really basic and be the first person to say the, the Scarlet Witch costume reveal. Great. Okay. Uh, Adam? I, I also like the Scarlet Witch costume reveal. All right, and mine, I, I'm with Misha, Agatha. I still love her witch look. Um, <laughs> yeah. Now, grade the episode. What grade do you give it, Alex? An, an A with the three plus signs written in chalk afterwards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Adam? An A, yeah. Misha? Oh, God. I started this episode as a B plus. I'm upgrading it to a solid A, no pluses or minuses. Oh, my <laughs> Monica? I am going to give it an A minus only because I was disappointed with Monica in it. And I, God, I'm the harshest grader. I give it a B, a flat B. Uh, because I still think. Right now. I know, right? <laughs> Who are you? Kick me off my podcast. Enjoy spending uh, the rest of the week fighting with folks in your <laughs> You can no longer host this show. <laughs> and for the last one division episode. <laughs> uh, so thank you all for joining us. Thank you all for listening. If you liked Slayer Fest 98, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can follow us on social media at SlayerFestX98. You can subscribe to our Patreon, where you get access to three to four monthly mini episodes a month and a bunch of other exclusive content. And you can follow me on social at IanXCarlos. Misha, where can everyone find you? I'm at Misha Osharovich on all socials, and the only one in existence should be pretty easy. <laughs> and uh, Monica, where can everyone find you? Monica Green on Twitter, um, I think. I don't know. Just look up my name, you'll find me. <laughs> and Alex, where can everyone find you? Uh, I am Alex Kack uh, on everything. And Adam? You can find me on uh, Twitter at the Adam Sass, and you can also go to my website adamsassbooks.com and pick up my latest debut novel, Surrender Your Sons. Cool. Novel. Yay, nice. novel. Yeah, yeah. 
All right, everyone. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye, y'all. Bye, everybody. Thank you.